You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. Welcome to The Co Show, the weekly daddy-daughter podcast that brings you 30 minutes of cross-generational talk brought to you by your co-host, the two Tonys. I'm Tony Coe, the dad, representing the reek, wrinkly, dying embers, end of the <laughs> generational spectrum, and representing the young, aspiring, vibrant, smoothie generation. Here's my adorable co-host and daughter. What's up, Tony? Hello, everyone. I've got a nice cup of tea here. I hope you have too. I got a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> which I'm drinking far too much of. So what do we have planned today, my darling daughter, for our listeners on this, our fourth, fourth episode? Well, we're going to do part two of um, the future after COVID-19, because I think we've just, we've realised that this is too big of a subject to fit into one half an hour episode. Well, we just, let's face it, we just talked too much last time. We ran out of time. So last week was uh, part one of Life After Lockdown, uh, this will be part two, the continuation thereof. We are in the UK at uh, day 47 of lockdown. Uh, this episode is Life After Lockdown, part two. It's Sunday the 10th of May. And why was Friday a very special day, Tony? Oh, uh, sorry, it was VE day. Apologies. Yes, not at all. No. Oh, um, no. So th- this is what I wanted to prepare notes for. And I was like, no, this goes <laughs> against the whole premise of us doing the podcast. We said no research. No research. And, and no. I definitely needed to do some research because I'm not a big VE day fan. Well, I'm not. Yeah. Well, that's not true. I'm not a big Winston Churchill fan. And I was like, I don't really get why VE day is. Actually, it's a really, really interesting subject. But I think, uh, you know what? I, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't. I haven't even really noticed VE Day before. Uh, there was a there was a celebrate. This was obviously victory for Europe Day. I now know that. I only looked that up the other day before VE, VE Day. Um, and uh, the last uh, five years ago, there was the celebration of seventy years since uh, uh, Europe defeated, or rather, Germany, the Nazi Germany regime surrendered. Seventy years. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that? Uh, do you remember that celebration? Yeah, I do remember it. But uh, I think, again, not because of my own, you know, group of friends celebrating it, but more because of family, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge deal uh, for me, mainly because we, it wasn't all that long before that, that we went over and visited the beaches of Normandy, which is something I would love to take you to experience, because it, it really is a very, very emotional Tug yeah, on the heartstring, and I think you, I think you would get a lot out of it. I certainly got a lot, a lot out of it, and so that sort of drew me into that celebration. Not that I even remember it being called VE Day uh, five years ago. So today, uh, Friday, of course, was the seventy-fifth anniversary of Germany's surrender, and of course, it was a very, very different. It was very different than what they had planned because there were going to be street parties all over the nation uh, to sort of replicate what happened on the 8th of May 1945 when Germany surrendered and the country here celebrated, you know, just coming out of that terrible six-year war. 
Um, so I found it, I don't know how you, what did you think of the VE Day celebration? How, what did it mean to you and your generation? Um, hmm. I can't really say. It's not something that I've celebrated with friends before. I do have some friends that are very into the whole um, vintage, you know, dressing up, well, vintage lifestyle, I guess. So quite a few of my friends, you know, dressed up in full sort of like uniform and did like V day makeup and sang Vera Lynn songs. Um, but you know, from what I see yesterday, it was sorry, Friday from the V celebrations around the UK, it was quite nice to see people celebrating in their streets, but so in a socially distanced way. So you could see people had set up nice tables of like scones and jam and clotted cream and tea and stuff and they were like hello you know they got flags all up but no, no one's like sitting next to each other but they're kind of still trying to celebrate together I thought that was lovely I like that sort of sense of community that's um, really that's really sweet because we saw none of that when we were on our daily walk around uh, London in fact we, we, we walked along Launceston Place which runs behind our home in Kensington um, and uh, there was this house with a table set up outside with all these little soft toys and their little teacups and things. So this woman, we said hi to this woman and she'd set it all up like a little, you know, like a street party in her garden with all these- Like a crazy person. I said to her, you you know, thank you for doing that. That's that's really special, you know, because as I say, I didn't see anything else. It's lovely that you, you're in Hastings on the South Coast and, uh, you know, it's lovely that you got to, you got, to see some of that because I missed that. But I did like what they did on, I did like the way they covered it on the TV. I mean, you know, the, the, the who's that woman who, who sang the Vera Lynn, the sort of iconic Vera Lynn? Catherine, no, but the one that did it, this, um, the one that did it, the modern day one, uh, the modern day uh, singer who did it, Catherine something, Jen- is it Catherine? Jenkins maybe? Yes. Yeah, I thought she, oh, she was just tremendous. And the way they did that, I, I, I just loved it. And the whole thing had a sort of intimacy to it, which, uh, because there weren't crowds of people everywhere. So um, I really liked it. But of course, VE Day in lockdown was very, very different to what it, uh, what it would have been. Yeah, uh, I mean, my, all, all I can say is a, a big celebration in Hastings is Jack in the Green. Um, which is in May and um, everyone in Hastings pretty much congregates on the West Hill, which is right next to my house. And they dress up in all these kind of like botanical outfits, you know, green faces, flowers everywhere, almost like big bushes. (laughs) And they do this massive parade through town. And actually Tom and I moved into the house a year ago um, from the last Jack in the Green event. And it's such an amazing a celebration that's really close to everyone in in Hastings and it was really odd to not be able to go to that this year but it was nice to be able to walk town around town sorry and see people still put up like bushels of ivy and stuff like that with ribbons and still kind of celebrate in their own way so I can kind of understand how difficult it might be for people to not kind of experience that together. Amazing when is Jack of the Green Day in Hastings? I can't remember. Well, I, would, I would like to. I'd like to hear more it about that. Like, I think. It was like two weekends ago, I think. So it might have been um, the the last weekend in April. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe like first weekend in May, something like that. I think it was basically to celebrate the end of making um, young boys be chimney sweeps because a lot of young boys were dying, 
And I think it was a protest that then led to, I don't know how it became this thing, but it's also tied in with, you know, uh, Beltane, I think, you know, the pagan Sabbath. But it's just such a massive celebration here. And it was really, really strange for it to not happen. I think the people of Hastings are really sad about it. Well, I'd like to I'd like to hear more about that. Anyway, as I mentioned, this is our, our fourth episode. Um, we we've just sort of done a soft launch of this podcast, uh, really friends and fat through friends and family. We're going to be putting it on the directories, uh, of course. But uh, getting we've we asked for feedback because, as we said, we don't really know what we're doing. It's a new thing. Podcasting is an entirely new thing for us, uh, and we've had some great feedback. Well, I have from my wrinkles. Have you had any feedback? Yeah, everyone just says that it's really sweet. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. It's just nice, you know, they're just like, it's, I think it's really sweet to hear you having conversations with your dad. Yeah. They agree with me that uh, re-educating dad is a better title. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you, you, you are re-educating me. Um, <laughs> and this whole situation is re-educating me, I think. Uh, but um, yeah, we've had feedback uh, from across the Atlantic. Actually, um, a few people, friends of mine from the United States, have uh, pitched in and 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 given some very helpful feedback topics for us to discuss. I sent uh, some of those to you, um, so it's nice to you know to ha- to have a a, a global um, audience. Presence. Uh, so yeah, global presence. Yep. So thank you for the feedback. Uh, keep it coming. We we need all your help and, and advice. Uh, you can contact us by uh, tweeting us at Co-Show Podcast at Co-Show Podcast. You can email us at the Co-Show Podcast at gmail.com. And we now have a website, uh, which is uh, the Co-Show.buzzsprout.com. Uh, because we've picked a p- podcasting host, haven't we, Tony? <laughs> yeah, Buzzsprout's really funny. <laughs> Buzzsprout, is, they're very, very helpful people uh, there and uh, getting lots of good uh, information from them. So you are listening to The Co Show. This is our fourth episode. It's part two of the topic that we discussed uh, in episode three, Life After Lockdown. And uh, we discussed a few things last week, but this is actually an auspicious day uh, to be discussing this topic uh, because, as I say, it's a couple of days after VE Day. It's Sunday, and what's happening tonight? We're getting a update from Mr. Boris, your favourite, uh, my favourite man, <laughs> uh, about what they're going to do about lockdown, what the timeline's going to look like. Perhaps they'll soften it a little bit. Well, have you heard the new message that's coming out? No. So that you, it has been—I forget what it is. You know, stay home. Uh, save the NHS, protect lives, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's a really sunk in, isn't it? It's really yeah. resonated. <laughs> but the stay home thing was really very simple, but now it's stay alert, control the virus, save lives. Now, you're oh, don't a... confuse the people. They struggle well, to stay at home. Well, that reaction that you've just had is the reaction generally in the media. You know, what the heck... <laughs> Why? Stay alert. Stay like, alert. What does that even mean? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and they're trying to uh, say that we're, we're get, they're giving out a more nuanced message uh, because uh, we've still got to stay home, they say, but it, it's also important when you are out, i.e. exercising, that you stay alert. Well, yeah. I certainly need to stay alert when I'm walking around here because there are idiots everywhere and they just <laughs> do not understand 
that we're supposed to keep apart. Social distancing. Stay alert for those. Like, stay alert for the virus that you can't see and we haven't really told you anything about. We don't know how long it stays on inanimate objects. We don't know how far away you really have to stand. Stay alert for what? Actually, you know, why don't they just be very simply state, listen, people, you've got to stay at least two metres away from people unless they are in your household. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Why didn't they just say, listen up, people, stay at home or you're getting a big ass fine? (laughs) Well, that's what they should have said. They are increasing the fine. I believe it's going to go up to 3,000. But I don't think there's going to be very much in the way of a detailed plan tonight. You know, the speech is only 10 minutes long, apparently. The fine has gone up to 3,000 from 30 pounds. Oh, well, that's the maximum fine. Oh, okay. Um, you right. know, you, you probably, that's a big jump. But that, you, you I would probably put got up to uh, actually go and kill an old person to get the £3,000 fine, I should think. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a maximum. So... It'll be very interesting to see uh, this, of course, this episode will go out after we've had Boris's announcement. So um, we might look a bit silly. When <laughs> it might be very different to what I've indicated. But anyway, that seems to be the uh, buzz. I reckon they'll just let a couple of a couple more shops open. That's what I think that they're going to do. I don't think they're even going to do that. Uh, well, they're going to do garden centres. It will, uh, that's, that was going to be my, my prediction. That, well, not prediction specifically about garden centres, but I was like, I think they'll open DIY stores, try and get people, you know, working on projects at home and stuff like that. But then I started thinking, would that increase um, emergencies, you know, in A&E, people hitting yeah, themselves? Yeah, probably would. Well, certainly if I bad. tried it, it would. <laughs> 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 I never got past making the... To- the- the toast rack in my one and only woodwork uh, lesson at school. You have I was a toast rack. Yeah, that was like, that was the first thing they made you do at school, or, or me do at school. Oh, everybody at our school was to make a toast rack. You should have seen my attempt at toast rack. It was bloody embarrassing. A really useful life skills then. So they said <laughs> no. They said this isn't for you. See ya. So I went off and did drama instead. Anyway. Uh, we discussed some things last week, and I think we got to uh, we we were talking about travel, weren't we? Because that's a that's a big one. And I had a big rant about my fact that British Airways haven't given me my nearly six thousand pounds back for the, the air flight that they cancelled, even though they are legally required to do do so. And my MP Fiona wrote to them. Remember me I, ranting about that? And Seems like you're going to go into a rant right now. I, well, a reply came back. Yeah. A reply saying how much they valued me as a customer. And uh, they were going to escalate the refund to the highest possible authority within British Airways. Why didn't they just say, we're sorry? (laughs) No, it's escalated to the highest authority. Anyway, I I have no sympathy for for the airline industry. Well, of course, what's happening, the biggest, I suppose, the biggest announcement is going to be from what the media says that uh, anybody coming into the UK from the 1st of June is going to be quarantined. For 14 days. 14 yeah. day, well, they've got a self-quarantine for yeah. 14 days. And, and, of course, the airline industry are crying. It's going to, oh, this is awful. I have no sympathy for them. And actually, you know, especially the way, I think they're going to lose a lot of trust by the way they've treated customers in not giving people their money back when they are legally required to. I think they're going to lose trust. They're certainly going to lose my, my custom. Um, and really... 
you we talked last week about how the air is so much cleaner now. Yeah. Why don't we use this opportunity to really change the way we live? Well, I think that a lot of people are changing the you know the way that they think and the way that they live. I think this has been quite a illuminating thing to happen, but I think there's also a huge percentage of the country that are still acting like knobheads you know we we've got loads of people down the road that are still just going and having parties at people's houses we've got people on our road that are literally having house parties and you know yesterday was one of the hottest days of the year and loads of people were on the beach in brighton and in hastings just having a picnic just having a barbecue and the police weren't really doing anything about it so i think that there's there are there is a large portion of people that are going to change the, the, the way that they live their lives and there'll be a large percentage of people that just go back to the way the things are. On the subject of knobheads, <laughs> I was using and, the, and this isn't. I'm not being rude about you. The word. <laughs> I'm not going to be rude about your friend if it's, it is your friend. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. Who, who is Charlie Simmons? He's one of my pals. He's one of my best pals. Okay, good. Because uh, I woke up this morning to a tweet. And it said, it had a word in it, which I had to go and look up because I've never heard this word. And he was, he was rightly castigating people uh, for, for some particular person, I think, for, you know, just breaking the lockdown, having parties and just not being. And he, he wrote something like, if you don't take this seriously, then you're a bellend. Yeah. Oh, you don't and, know what a bellend is? And I, no, I didn't know what a bellend Well, I do now. <laughs> you have to search. It's rude. It was. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> so thank you to your mate, Charlie Simmons, for, yes, re-educating dad. I had no idea what bellend was. I, I'll be you're going to be offended that you don't remember him. I'll be it. interested to know if my wrinkly side of the audience, how many of them know what, what it is, because I certainly didn't know. Um, but anyway, get back to what we were talking about. Uh, I, I, there's also been a, I, so I'm, I'm quite happy. And I think it would be good to, we were all talking about reducing, uh, air travel. I know that your, you know, your sisters have have decided not to fly. Are you you in that category? No, you had a trip planned. Um, so yeah, no, I, it's difficult because I know that flying is really, really bad, but I've never been someone that has been able to has been fortunate enough to fly frequently anyway I'd imagine that I've only ever flown once or twice a year anyway Mm. and I haven't unlike my sisters I haven't seen much of the world yet so Tom and I had decided that we would take at least one trip a year maybe two at a push but the idea is that we would as as much as possible we would use trains and you know um, eco-friendly boats and stuff like that uh, where possible. So, you tell us, but what about your trip that you have planned, which um, unfortunately I don't think is likely to happen? But well, actually, I had two trips this year. Uh, okay. One was supposed to be a few weekends ago to Amsterdam. I was mm. going to go to Tilburg to Roadburn Festival. Um, sadly, that got cancelled. Got cancelled quite late, but you know, I think we all saw it coming. Um, yeah. But I've rebooked that for next year. And uh, Tom and I, so our big trip of the year was we were going to be going to uh, flying into Boston, Massachusetts and going to Salem for a week. Um, and uh, it's a bit of a dream trip trip for me because 
I'm really interested in witchcraft and the occult and stuff like that and colonialism. And, and I was really interested to go out to Salem and learn about the history of, uh, you know, America being discovered and, you know, yeah, you've put some amazing photographs on your Instagram account that, uh, uh, what's that thing about you're celebrating May or something you were holding? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. I've been doing this, um, this sort of like creative dressing up challenge called reimagine May, which was, um, an idea, uh, put forward by Chelsea Wolfe, one of my favourite musicians, and Bill Krasafi, who is my favourite illustrator. He's actually from Salem. And um, they've given these sort of um, creative prompts each day. Uh, and I've been I've done it for the last nine days. So yesterday, my prompt was um, tarot cards. So I dressed up as the Empress uh, tarot card. And today is um, mother figures. So I'm going to do Mary Magdalene. Oh really? Well, you look. I think you've got to put some, and of course, your husband Tom, uh, who's a great photographer, is putting out some. He's doing the photography for you, working with you on that, and they are great images. And I think you should add them to the Co Show Instagram. Oh, I see. Yeah. You want to up the likes with my? I do. Yeah, I think I, I, they're, love, they're great photographs, and I'm I'm sure that people would like to uh, would like to see them. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that you're using Instagram. I'm I'm not, to be honest, Kiki. You're. Um, my, my wife, your stepmother, um, showed me, uh, and she's the one that looks at Instagram, but I must start doing that. Um, so anyway, the next topic that we were going to get into is the future of work. So uh, what do you see when we come out of this? The world isn't going to look the same, is it? No, I mean, it's changed massively for me. I can't even imagine going back into work anymore. I really love working from home. I mean, I do miss the socialization of, you know, being at work and feeling part of a team and seeing everyone. And I love the bands loading in and getting to meet them, but I just can't see myself commuting three hours a day, five days a week anymore. Like it, I have so many more hours in the day, not commuting. Um, and I, I have a better desk set up. I have access to food and drink here I'm not having to go out and spend money or get up early to make lunches and stuff like that I just I just love working from home and I think that this break that everyone's been given has given us all a chance to uh, reflect on how we've been living our lives and how we've been sort of like living at 100 miles an hour the whole time and never really being present and being able to enjoy meals with the family or go for long walks or you know the simple stuff like we were talking about and so I think people are going to come out of this quite changed. I think they're going to come out of it and think, you know, life isn't really about work, is it? It's not well, really absolutely. Uh, and and uh, actually, you wonder, it, it's working for you clearly. You seem, you know, much happier. Uh, I, I remember when I stopped commuting, which was at the, in the late 1990s, and uh, I didn't have to commute anymore because effectively was working from home. So... You know that that was probably the the biggest improvement in my life that I you know that I that I can remember making um, cutting out that deadly commute every day. Uh, it's obviously working for you. I think it's going to work for a lot more people, and it's going to work for a lot of employers too. Because you know you can cut out a lot of costs when people work from home. Yeah, and well, I think that, even you know, I, even down to the individual. You know, I've cut out loads of costs from being at home. So it's a win-win, isn't it? It's a win-win, yeah. really. And I, you know, there's, I hear people talking about, oh, you don't get this team thing and all that sort of thing. Well, we, we're seeing each other on Zoom right now. Um, not that we put the video out, but it helps us in our conversation, I think, seeing each other. 
And you can do I that. Do, I mean, I do. No, I, I'm going to say I do think it's important to be at your place of work and to be around your team because that's how you create. Um, I keep using, I'm overusing the word community, but you know, we are a really close team. We're like an, a, another family and you know, you're not able to kind of produce quality and produce something that's heartfelt. I think when you're not in each other's company, at least a little bit a week. So what I would suggest is that I would go into work once or twice a week so that I still have that one-to-one -one contact with people Okay. Well, that might be different for, for your industry. I mean, certainly when we, when we went virtual, which was before all this, um, as a company, I would say productivity went up. Um, I would say that we didn't lose anything because we can do video. We do video meetings every day. I don't think we lose anything. If anything, I think we gain, but I can see what you're saying from, you know, in the creative, your, you know, in the music industry. And obviously that is, that does, um, have all kinds of different dynamics. Okay. I'm also sick oh. of talking to people through a screen. I'm absolutely sick of looking at my phone or my computer. You know, I'm working on this campaign right now. And yeah. part of the work that I'm doing for the campaign is promotion. And it means that I need to be on my phone looking at people sharing events all the time so that I can retweet them and share them. And, you know, and I'm absolutely sick of my technology at the moment. I just want to shut it all down and go for a walk and just you know so yeah. I, I also as much as i'm grateful for the privilege of being able to stay in close contact with people through zoom and and, and you know facetime and whatsapp and stuff like that i i also am so hit like can't stand you know hearing someone's voice through a computer yeah well yeah you, we certainly need to have human contact i mean we certainly need you know the human species Create, craves that con contact and thrives on it. But there's so much damage that's done to the environment and I think to people's mental health and physical health by commuting backwards and forwards like a load of lemmings every day. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a great improvement. Now, what do you think about things like theatres and, uh, you know, how are they going to come back? I mean, it, it's got to be a long time, isn't it? There has to no, be. They'll, they'll definitely, no, they'll definitely come back. But there has to be a vaccine first, don't you think? No, I think that, you know, now that I'm working on this campaign and we're talking very closely with the government, I can see us being able to open to do shows again this year. Um, okay, good. And I think that's the same with theatre. But the problem is with, well, I'd say that the music industry is almost on par with cinema because you ha you can do stuff, but you have to do it at a reduced capacity because of social distancing. So actually, people are only going to be able to open to a, to the right percentage that they can offer tickets to. So, for instance, with a cinema, if you imagine like a row of chairs, you're only ever going to be able to have two people on that row of chairs because of social distancing. Yeah. Um, because people will need to be able to exit for the toilet or whatever or fire emergencies. So people are only going to be able to kind of operate at maybe like 25% capacity uh, for Green Door. That will be like 50 people. And I guess the way that we're going to be able to open is um, by working out how much profit we're losing, you know, what the ingo incoming is and what the outgoings are and what we're losing. And we're going to have to be supported by government to do that. And I think it will be the same theatre. 
you know, I think we're just going to have to be offering our services at a reduced capacity. Well, you bring me to something that I, you know, because I can see that the time is, our 30 minutes is, is coming to an end soon. So I, one of the things I wanted to say was that I was listening to a leading, uh, you know, stati- statistician, if that's the way you say it, who advises the government. And he was saying, you know, really looking at the data, this is a disease for the over 75s. Mm. Yeah. Um, so although there's a lot of talk, and there are, of course, a lot of younger people who have uh, died, in, in, in statistical terms, they're insignificant. It's really the over 75s. And we are getting to a point, and it might sound callous, but we're getting to a point where we have got to move into risk management. So we can't all shut ourselves away. Um, the economy has got to come back to life. We, we, you know, we thrive. That's the way we exist is through a healthy growing economy. We have to get back to, to working and creating wealth for everybody's sake. So, you know, it may be that we, that we will have to say, look, you guys who are the les vulnerables, um, you guys are going to have to look after yourself, stay, do the staying in if you're over 75 or if you're, you know, got underlying issues and so on and so forth. And we've got to manage that risk. What do you think? Um, I, um, I don't know because obviously it isn't just that percentage of it. Like I said before, it's vulnerable people as well. So that would include me. And, um, I would say that the create, what, what I've seen or my experience in, with the creative community is that we're already doing that. Everyone is being extremely innovative and, and looking at their businesses and, and we're still operating. We're still finding ways to operate, whether that's, uh, you know, obviously crowdfunding isn't sustainable, but lots of kind of um, artists and staff are doing special runs of things at, at discount prices. You know, they're putting out new lines of clothing because although people are staying in, they're still spending money. We're still getting takeaways. And, you know, me and Tom are still getting pizzas every week and stuff like that. So I don't think I don't I, I think it's more a case of the more commercial industry looking at ways that they can change their businesses and look at the way that they can operate online and i think the problem is is it's those businesses that are just relying on being propped up by the furlough scheme and by the government and they're not even actually attempting to look at what how they can pivot their business to um provide a new service i'm sure that's that's true and the whole furlough scheme thing i you you know i'm glad you raised that because it's going to be quite difficult for a lot of people to wean themselves off you know, the, the government teeters, it were, you know, they're getting 80% of their salaries for staying at home. And, you know, that's a pretty attractive package. It's very, so, yeah, yeah. So it's an attractive package. How do you wean people off that? And it might be just as the second world war, the end of the second world war was a, was a paving paved the way for our national health service. Because we had to provide a national health service because of the state that the, the, the country was in. It might be that furloughing, I heard this discussed this morning, it might be that furloughing will lead to this, idea, this whole idea of universal income. So maybe that's something we can, we're at the end of our 30 minutes. Um, maybe that's something that we can discuss. I mean, we've got lots of people have given us lots of ideas, you know, artificial intelligence. That's another thing that plays into this whole universal. Before you, before you move on, part of me thinks that if they ended furlough or they staggered it, so people came off furlough, 
it might be it might be a way of getting people back into doing key worker positions because I think that a lot of people a lot of young people um have almost sat on job seekers allowance because they haven't found a job that they want to do and actually if this furlough scheme ends we might be able to get younger people into doing positions that are you know key for their local communities whether that's working in supermarkets working for the pharmacy working for you know working in care you know jobs that aren't generally attractive but they're good jobs you know it, it might end up being a really positive thing sure sure well we've Gone past our 30 minutes, so a um, little bit of a bonus there for the, for the listeners. So uh, thank you very much, Tony, and thank you, uh, dear listeners, for uh, listening to us. Do please take a look at our website, which is www.thecoshow.buzzsprout.com. Um, and uh, in parting, uh, well, we, we, we haven't um, discussed what we're going to be discussing next week, but we have so many ideas from you. Thank you ever so much for that. And uh, take it from me, there's not much time left on this planet. So seize the day, be good to each other, grab the precious present, stay safe, stay alert, and be good to each other. So it's goodbye from me and... Don't be a knobhead, stay at home. <laughs> and be alert. <laughs> don't be a bell, <laughs> don't be a bell end. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.